pulling a fishing boat out of the water and finding a shed for it is ideal cyclone preparation. But short of that, North Queensland fishermen and women say they've got many other tricks. And it's finding safe harbour that's on the agenda for most commercial and recreational fishers today. Now for Alva Beach commercial fisher, Neil Green, he's got another hurdle in front of him. He's trying to get home from holidays in Victoria. Well, yes, it's that time of year where, um, you know, your work's through over Christmas and New, New Year and supply product to uh, consumers from that important time of year. And then you, you go away for a week and uh, you get cut short with a, uh, with a cyclone. But that's, uh, that's all the joys of working in this industry and uh, living in North Queensland. So you're on your way to the Melbourne airport to scoot back to Townsville to then drive home. Uh, what are you going to attend to when you get home? What are your concerns with this cyclone looking like it's going to bear down on your part of the world? Well, we've got several boats, um, small boats ranging from three and a half, four metres to to eight metres. Small vessels, we need to them um, put away somewhere, find some accommodation for them in uh, sheds or to get them out of the wind. Uh, Also, there's a lot lot of gear infrastructure um, ice boxes and nets and so on that need to be tied down. Um, that needs to all happen. We've also got um, we've got boats still in the water uh, where we mud crab. They need to come out and be secured. Um, and crab pots that are out there that hopefully we can get to and uh, secure them as best we can. And uh, yeah, and then just batten uh, the uh, house down and wait and see what happens. You've got a bit to do, Neil, if I don't say so myself. I think every uh, every fisherman along the coast will be, be doing a similar thing. We, you know, who knows where this, this uh, storm's going to come in. But um, I, you know, the other issue we've got is there's going to be a, a lot of uh, rain attached to it, which, uh, which can be good for the industry, but uh, short term it could uh, cause us a few issues. Uh if we talk about an area from Bowen to Townsville, is there many protected areas and protected marinas for your industry to take refuge in? I think a lot of uh, ves- a lot of vessels will be looking for small creeks to get up, um, get up and, and tie across the creeks up the tops of them. Uh, if you're the larger vessels, certainly um, Bowen's pretty open, so they'll be uh, yeah they'll be sort of uh, rushing around. Um, Looking for the for the for the best protection they can find, I'd imagine. Um, some boats will probably just may steam away from it, but I think this wind's going to come through fairly quick. So, when was the last time you've had to do preparations like this, Neil? Well, you always do a certain amount, even when one's when one is uh, identified to be hitting the coast, because you're never sure where it's going to go into. So. Uh, but a but a major one like this that's looking like affecting us. It's probably been uh, ten years since we've had to um, go through this procedure. But we we pretty well know what we got to do, and we'll just go ahead and do it. And you and your family are happy to sit it out too at home. Is that what you'll be doing? Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be the uh, the best best thing to do. Um, you know, you're there. Then if I mean, obviously. You've got to sit through the storm, but uh, you're there to protect your, your dwellings. And you know, whichever way the winds come in, you'll be opening up the windows on the opposite side. That sort of thing. To, and 
as long as there's not uh, a tidal surge or something attached to it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, we'd probably shift out if that was the case. But, uh, you're not going to take any risks, but um, you, yeah, you've got to try and protect what you can. And you think that'll be the situation for most in your community there at Alva Beach? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people will leave the leave the town, um, um, yeah, and go and look for somewhere safer inland. But uh, yeah, I think the, the the tidal surge will be the thing that we'll be looking at, seeing if water levels are coming up, um, because uh, it's a pretty low area in the, where we are, and uh, you know the sand dunes have uh, been washed away with the the recent big tides, so there could be some threats there. So mm. if the waves sort of knock it down, so. Yeah, there's a lot to consider, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a couple of hours off the airport in Melbourne and have trouble getting a plane to get out. But uh, for a couple of days to get the get a plane to get out, but we're um, yeah, getting out. And... Oh, I just lost a bit of you there, but you said um, you you have got a ticket in your hot hands, so that's what uh, we want to hear. And what about the fishing industry after the cyclone? Look, um, normally it, it, a lot of rain's attached to it, and that usually benefits the industry. Obviously, the industry's going through a lot of turmoil at the moment, and um, normally we would have a barramundi fishery opening in the, the first of February. But we've got no idea if there's if we anyone's going to get a license by then to, to go out. So um, there's still a lot of angst out there for what's happening with management. And uh, look. Regardless of all that, rain, uh, you know, will will make a difference, and and there'll be a lot of a uh, lot of product around prawns and mud crabs and and barras, uh, barramundi. So that's all good. We'll um we'll just see how it all pans out. Well, our thoughts are with you and everyone in the fishing industry, which, as as you say, from now is very much getting in uh, preparation for Cyclone Kiralee. Thank you for your time, Neil Green. Safe travels home. Thanks for that. Neil Green, an Alva Beach commercial fisher who's winging his way home to uh, also ride out Tropical Cyclone Kiralee at Alva Beach. Now, fishing educator Ryan Moody says people need to be vigilant, not only as the cyclone crosses, but in the days after as well, having recently experienced the aftermath of Cyclone Jasper. He told Lydia Burton the advice he learned firsthand just last month. Or definitely like with, with the smaller boats, of course, trailer boats, you know, get them home, get them on the leeward side and see which way the winds are going to come from in the circulation. You can usually tell um, by looking at um, the windy app or the, the direction that it's actually coming from as it approaches. And uh, you can guarantee that that's roughly where it's going to come from through most of the ordeal. So that's when you put your boat on that side of the, the opposite side of the house or that kind of thing. Sometimes if it's going to be a severe one, you know, put a little bit of water in it, let, drop the tyres down a little bit, that sort of thing, um, and leave it connected to a vehicle if possible. So uh, that's about all you can really do. Or, you know, you, we've always got those mates who've got a big shed, so you can always ring around and find a <laughs> nice place to put it. <laughs> yeah, and if you've got a boat that's in the water at a marina, you'll, you know, just double up your ropes. That's all you can do. Um, if it looks like being a major impact and on a high, really high tide, well, you might want to think about alternatives of heading up a mangrove waterway somewhere and riding it out up in the upper reaches of um, mangrove waterways. That's um, that's the other alternative. Uh, but, yeah, it just depends on the severity of it as far as bigger boats go. But hopefully um, this one's not going to be big enough to 
to worry uh, any boats parked in the local marinas here. Are there any? Is there anything that uh, has caught you out or you see catching other people out that they might overlook when they're preparing? Yeah, just by not. Uh, I saw it in the last cyclone, people not preparing enough ropes and that kind of thing. Like even up where we were up in um, Cairns, uh, we had our boat prepped and everything like that. And it wasn't until um, a day and a half after the cyclone across the coast that we actually had some tornadoes come through in the rain bands. And one of them crossed the marina straight over our boat and ripped the, the uh, cleats clean out of the pontoon and smashed us into the boat next to us. And there was quite a little bit of that going on during its path and ripped, it ripped boardwalks off the end of jetties and flicked them up over people's roofs and that sort of thing. So it sometimes can be after the cyclone and the rain tails is what you've got to watch out for. And um, there was another second tornado at Smithfield that ripped all the... Uh, uh, the undercover car parking covers off and smashed all them up a bit. So, yeah, they do happen, um, and they always seem to happen in the rain tails, and you just got to be a little bit wary of them because it's quite often after the event. Yeah, that's great advice that um, it's not over even though... Until it's over. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> exactly. Really watch that. Uh, yeah. Tell me, you've just been uh, travelling around North Queensland on the water. Can you tell me a bit about that, that trip and where you went to set the scene? Um, we go we go away to film our online fishing courses a fair bit, and this time we decided to uh, do one while we headed up to Lizard Island, which is our little annual holiday every Christmas. We, we like to get up there and for a few weeks, and uh, this time we thought we'd do some work while we are at it. And we also um, travelled along the actual um, major main coastline there uh, between the Daintree and Cooktown. Wow. Um, previously, the biggest uh, amount of landslides I've ever seen was around about three or four, um, but on this particular occasion, um, was over 300. So it was quite an amazing event, and you know, this scoured from top to bottom, ma- major crevices, megatons of dirt and silt thrown into the ocean. So I kind of figured that the the inshore reefs up there along that fringing coastline, as beautiful as it is, it's it's going to take uh, quite a battering and, yeah, I think a lot of fish life have already died from the excess fresh and siltation as well. They've found a lot of coral trout and other fish washed up on the beaches up there. So that's going to change, you know, um, the shape of the environment up there for many, many, many years to come. Yeah, right. Is that from mm-hmm. the last cyclone? Yeah, it was the, the rain tail after the cyclone, yeah, right. the, all the flooding. Yeah, the major event itself, yeah. So the corals especially will take so long to cover. They've just got mounds and mounds of red silt all over them from those hills. And that'll extend you know, quite a way. I wouldn't be surprised if it's all around the, the Daintree area, all the way through to Archer Point, just south of Cooktown. And, yeah, and, and of course, just the amount of fresh as well. It seems to have killed a lot of crayfish, apparently, on the beaches too, so... Um, it's just been a major influx of fresh water like we're kind of not used to very often and, and uh, these events do happen but yeah nature's just got to deal with it I guess and come good as you can. Can you describe what the landslides look like? Yeah we'll have some more up on our socials soon actually but we've already put up a, a little bit on there and uh, you can see the gouges you know some of these things are 80 100 meters wide and they're uh, gone right back down to the bedrock and they've created new waterfalls and it's it's quite amazing. It uh, looks like some creatures tried to crawl out of the ocean and go over the ranges and it's just clawed it to pieces. It's just 
never seen anything like it in our lives. So, yeah. Although, you know, the, the, of course, it hurt a lot of people. But, yes, it was certainly a um, quite spectacular landscape change. So knowing the kind of damage and the impact that cyclones can have long term for, uh, you know, fisheries, does it make you nervous every time you hear, you know, there's another cyclone in your area? Oh, not really. It's more of an inshore impact because um, uh, the fishing offshore up there where we were it was insane. It was, um, yes, it was really going off. Lots of coral trout, lots of, lots of fish out in those deeper waters. It's mostly the, the reefs that are cl- closer to the coast. And in that surface water, that first one or two metres of water, where you can get really severe salinity changes for a, a length of period, uh, well, a length of time that obviously has time to damage things. And um, so that's what's happened this time around, but it's not that often we see an event like this. It's, mm. it's you know, one in a hundred years or more for, for us up here. 